Thank you for tuning in to Valley Rise Church. We're so glad you decided to join us today. For more information on sermon series and service times, you can visit us online at valleyrisechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. They're like, we asked people to meet somebody three times. I'm like, well, listen, they're meeting somebody today, okay? Hey, um, when you walked in, I hope you saw these. These are our Easter invite cards. If there's somebody you want to invite at work, family members, friends in the neighborhood, grab some of these. They're by the coffee cart. They're on the student table. They're all over out there. Um, and it has all our information on the back. Great thing. I just slip them. When I'm eating at a restaurant, I put one in there. And I just throw them all over. Sometimes I drop them intentionally places. I'm just like, somebody will see that and pick it up. Um, so it's not littering. It's evangelizing, okay? That's what we're witnessing to people. Um, <clears throat> I, am, I am so excited. This, this weather is unbelievable. I went to sleep and it was 80 degrees. I woke up and it was like 50 degrees and it's awesome. I know, I know all you guys are looking at me like, does he realize that the Masters is going on? I do realize that the Masters is going on. And here's what I'm just going to ask of you, okay? If you're watching on your phone and Tiger birdies, I just need you to be like, amen. If he eagles, I need you to be like, this is Jesus, okay? This is what you're saying, pastor, is good. Um, no, I'm, I'm super excited that we get to hang out today. Next week is Easter, the greatest Sunday of the year. People are 85% more likely to accept an invitation to church on Easter. So I encourage you, if there's somebody that you've been praying for, someone in your life that you want to bring to church with you, this is the week to invite them. It's going to be awesome. You're going you're gonna to be very proud of your church. We're going to have Easter egg hunt for the kids. It's going to be great. Josh is going to be dressed up like a bunny. It's going to be awesome. Um, he doesn't know that yet, but he's going to be dressed up like a bunny. Um, and it's going to be a great, great Sunday. Let's pray and we'll jump into it. Dear God, thank you so much for this time we get together. God, thank you for each and every person here. You know what we came in the doors with this morning, God. You know the areas of our lives we need you to move. You know the areas we're excited about. You know the areas that hurt, God. You know the children that are far from God. You know the relational situations we've been praying for, the financial situations we've been praying for, the health issues we've been praying for. God, only you know those areas of our heart. But I pray today, God, that you would speak to us. I pray that there would be a moment in my message that it's not my words, it's your words, God, and it touches our hearts. I ask that you would speak to us, guide us, and direct us, for truly it is your property to speak to your children. Let us have a great time together today. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Hey, Isaiah 55 is our theme verse for this series. And just so you all know, when somebody came up to me last week, they're like, I thought you memorized every scripture last week because you were just saying it. Like, how did he remember all that? It's on a screen right here. I'm not a genius, okay? Maybe I'm a genius, but it also is on a screen right here. Isaiah 55, I don't think the way you think. The way you work isn't the way I work, God decrees. For as the sky soars high above the earth, so the way I work surpasses the way you work. And then the way I think is beyond the way you think. Just as rain and snow descend from the skies and don't go back until they've watered the earth. How many know God is bigger than what we can understand? God is bigger than we can think. It is our whole series, Bigger Than I Thought. And I love this whole concept of God being so much bigger than what we're capable of understanding. And so this whole series is us taking stories in the Bible and going, let's look at times where God was so much bigger than what we could wrap our mind around. And then realizing that the same God that did that then is capable of doing it in your life today. I love my amazing facts that I got to look up this week. How many of you, you want some amazing facts, okay? More amazing facts? I got some good ones, okay? Listen, amazing facts about how awesome just God is. I, what do you Google, first of all, when you look up, like, how big is God? Google how big is God. Like, there's not a good, nobody's, like, like, no one has a good answer for that, first of all. Amazing facts about how God created us. About every seven years, your body replaces the equivalent of an entire new skeleton. Think of that. 
Only God could design us like that. Your stomach produces a new lining every three days in order to avoid digesting itself in its own production of acid. How crazy is that? Now, if you're a Cajun and you eat like me, it's probably every day and a half, I'm going to be honest. Like, I ate a lot of crawfish last night. Um, the earth travels through space at 67,000 miles per hour. I love this one. This means that you're 67,000 miles further away than you were an hour ago. Think of that the next time you feel like there's nothing happening in your life. How cool is that? God is always moving us. The earth's core, women, you're going to love this. The earth's core holds enough gold to cover the entire surface of the planet in a foot and a half of gold. Think of that. And when I read that, honestly, what I thought is when the Bible talks about the streets in heaven being covered in gold. And I just thought, like, God's resources are limitless. They're endless. I love the scripture that says, our father has the cattle on a thousand hills. He is never at a shortage of resources. He is never at a shortage of resources. And then this one, women, this is for you. If you've ever wondered, it takes approximately 200,000 frowns to create one permanent brown line. You're welcome. So now, next time you want to get mad at your husband, just remember, before you do, you could be hurting yourself. You could be creating a permanent brown line for you. And that's not our fault. Joshua 3 is where we're going to jump into today. Joshua 3. I love the book of Joshua. Most of this series is going to come out of the book of Joshua. Joshua was a normal man that was following Moses through the desert, and God tapped him. He said, you're next. You're going to lead the people. Joshua felt as unqualified as any of us would feel if God came to you and said, I want you to lead a million people into the promised land. Okay? And so this is Joshua's journey. And I love it because Joshua is a regular man encountering natural circumstances that God does things supernaturally. Just like you and I are regular people living natural and normal lives that God loves to intervene and work in supernaturally. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim, I'm glad they left that place, and went to Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. They, like my last sermon, they bleeped me out on that. I'm like, that's not even, it was not even, that wasn't me, that was the Bible. Um, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priest carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. How many of you know, let me just say this, if you want to go someplace that you've never been before, you've got to do things that you've never done before. And oftentimes in life, we want to go someplace different but do the same things. How many of you know God? That's not how God operates. We have to step out and do something different since you've never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits, that's about a mile, between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priests, take up the ark of the covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all of Israel, so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, and when you reach the edge of the Jordan's water, and, and this, is, this is very important. First of all, I've been to the Jordan. I was going to show you guys a video of me getting baptized in the Jordan, but I look really weird, and it was so cold, and I came up out of there awkward, and you just, you'd, you'd look down on me, okay? So... Um, Go tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's water, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you, and he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Gishites, Amorites, and Jebusites. See, the Ark of the Covenant 
of the Lord all, of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, step foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priest carrying the ark of the covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan. While the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, this is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. Josh, the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completely crossed on dry ground. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it amazing that God is capable of taking the natural elements, okay, natural, you know the natural, when I say natural elements, what are they? Man, you guys are awesome. Let me just help you all out. God forbid you're ever up here asking a question, okay? Because this is what it's like. <laughs> what are the natural elements? Earth, wind. Now you're talking, okay? Now it's a, we got a band out there. Earth, wind, fire, water, the natural planets. I mean, the natural elements. Now, I don't know about you. Some of you that are maybe older, over 50, you think of earth, wind, fire. When I think of the elements, you know what I think of? Maybe you guys didn't have this when you were a kid. Do you remember the Captain Planet cartoon? And they all had a ring and they were all element and they'd be like, Earth, wind, fire, Captain Planet. And he'd come up out the center of the earth and like he'd do. It was awesome, okay? That was like my favorite cartoon as a kid, Captain Planet. There are natural things that happen in our life every day. There are natural mountains in front of us, natural waters, natural elements, natural obstacles, natural things that happen in your life and in my life every single day. And oftentimes we like to limit God to moving in our natural circumstances. We think that God's not capable of stepping in and doing something in our natural circumstances. But how many of you know we serve a supernatural God, which means he is able to supersede the natural elements in our life. If there's something in your life that you feel like, God, I don't know if this can be moved by you. I want you to know we can't limit God's ability to move the natural barriers in our life supernaturally. The natural barriers that you and I encounter. The job that's frustrating. The relationship you've been praying for. The finances you're believing for. I remember when we started this church, a guy asked me. We were, we were a, a significant amount of money short about a month before we launched the church. And he goes, what are we going to do? I said, we're going to pray. He goes, that's it? I said, that's it. He goes, people are just going to send us checks in the mail? I said, I guess so, because that's what we're going to do. One by one, people's checks started. I can't tell y'all. It's not a joke. Checks just started showing up in the mail. And every time I'd send him a picture of it, and I'd be like, isn't it crazy? Checks just show up in the mail when you ask God for what you need. And, like, and he couldn't believe it, because God is able to supernaturally work in your natural situations. What is our natural barriers? How about your relationships? Your relationships can be a natural barrier. How many of you have a family member that you don't speak to? Okay, me. I'm raising my hand for, for me, okay? How many, of you, how many of you have a work situation that you need God to do something in? How many, of you, how many of you have a health issue that you've been believing God to fix? The natural areas in our life, the natural barriers, it's easy when it's water and then you go, okay, God can stop the water, sure. That was, but, but what about my natural situation, Christian? 
What about the natural situation that stands in front of me? The child who's far from God, the spouse that's estranged, the the, the health issue you've been believing God to heal, the job you're waiting for, the natural issues in your life that sometimes we go, God, you, you do stuff on this side and this is like normal life, God. We have a tendency oftentimes to separate in our minds God's ability to work in our spirit and God's ability to work in our natural life. Okay, God, you're not really worried about like me and my sister's tiff, okay? You know what I mean? You're not, you're not really worried about us not talking. And God goes, how do you know that I'm not capable of stepping over into your natural situation and creating a supernatural circumstance for you? The same way that he was able to stop the waters of the Jordan, God is able to work in our natural barriers. This happened to me. I experienced this a couple of weeks ago. Okay, how many of you follow me on social media? Don't feel bad if you don't. That's okay. Okay, just I just want to know who I'm retelling the story to. Okay, because I, I this 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 happened. And if you and if you watched it unfold, then just bear with me. If you didn't, you can ask anyone else who raised their hand. This really happened. Okay, three weeks ago, four maybe a month ago, I go up to Colorado for for some meetings. We're up at this ranch with a bunch of pastors, and it's we were there for like a day and a half praying and doing these meetings together. So we go to leave. They come to us and they go, hey, there's a snowstorm blowing in tomorrow. I don't know if y'all saw that. The big snowstorm in Colorado, and it was like a, a snowstorm of the century. Okay, hurricane with snow. So they, they come and go, this is happening. You know, maybe move your flights up. So I'm like, I cannot get stuck up here. I got stuff to do. I got a church. I got to get back to my family. If I get stuck up here, my wife will kill me. Okay, I'm not worried about the snowstorm. I got to get back. To, she's home with three kids. So I, um, I move my flight up. I move my flight up from like 7 at night to like, like 10 in the morning. So we get at six o'clock in the morning, I'm up, we're getting out this mountain. I come out of my cabin and it's already snowing. It's already about a half, like, like probably three to four inches of snow on the ground. And it's like piling up quick. So we're like, we gotta get, we gotta get out of here. We jump in this van, we start driving, we get stuck halfway down the mountain. Okay, we're pushing the van, pushing the van. I, I did not realize how out of shape I was until I had to push a van through snow, okay, at high elevation. And so push the van, we, we finally get to the airport and as we pull up to the airport, they, they, my flight gets canceled. They go, no, nobody's flying out for two days. And I'm like, oh my God, like, I'm, one, that's bad. Two, I'm not getting stuck at an airport for two days. I don't know if you've ever been stuck in an airport for longer than 12 hours, that is not a fun experience. So I'm like, I'm not getting stuck in an airport for, for two days. I have one of my closest friends that was my roommate in the Air Force that lives 45 minutes from there. So I said, I'm gonna rent a truck, I'm gonna drive there, I'll go hang out with him and his family, I need to spend time with him anyways, and, and then I'll fly out when they open the airport up again. Rent a truck, I go, I'm on my way. <laughs> I really wish y'all were all with me. Um, I'm on my way, the highway, I'm on the main highway. He calls me, he goes, hey, they just shut that highway down. There's too much snow. Now it is like 70 mile an hour winds. You can't see anything, wide out. I'm driving like, like 10, 15 miles an hour. Everyone has their blinkers on. People are sliding off the road all around me, but I don't care, it's every man for himself. I'm not stopping for you. I'm trying to get there, okay? So it is crazy. And, and he calls me, that highway just got shut down. It's okay, there's a cut through where you are. Cut through there, you can get to the secondary highway and that'll bring you right to my house. Awesome. I cut through there. I'm on this cut through road when I come to a line of cars that are stopped, okay? And like, I, I stop thinking like maybe there's some little cars in there. So I'm like, they just can't get through this. So there's a 250 in front of me. He tries to go around, he gets stuck in a big ditch. So for some reason, I just figured maybe he couldn't get through it, but the Lord is with me. I can get through this, okay? So, so I try and go around him. I get stuck. Now, there's also about, at this point, probably 100 cars behind me, and there's about 200 cars in front of me. 
And I look around and I realize we're stuck. Like we're for real stuck. Like nobody's going anywhere. Like I call like my dad, I'm like, hey, I think I'm, I think I'm, I think we have an issue. <laughs> What's going on? I'm, like, I'm stuck in this thing. Everybody's stuck. No one can go anywhere. There's no way they're going to get to us in the next 10 hours. Like it's, it's not looking good. So after about four hours in the car by myself, okay, I call the police department. I'm like, hey, I just want you guys to know we're out here. Just in case you guys didn't know we're out here. Just in case. He's like, hey, listen, we know you're out there trying to get to you guys, everybody, you know, everybody, we don't have enough people to get to everybody, so just hang tight, we'll get to you as soon as we can, all right? I get stuck at one in the afternoon, okay? Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, now it's 10 o'clock, now it's getting dark, it is dark. I'm still, no one is leaving their cars. My mom's going, like, why don't you go chat with people? I'm like, it is literally 80 mile an hour winds out here. I opened the door once. It was like somebody threw a bucket of water on me. I was covered in snow. I had to change in the car. All I had was a half a Coke from Wendy's. Thank God I had stopped and eaten right before I got on the highway. And this cup was going to be used for multiple things. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that was, there wasn't many options. It was like, I'm, 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 re I'm recalling all my military training. I'm like, how many times can I drink my urine before it turns bad? I mean, like, I don't I'm just thinking, you know, you start jumping so far ahead. What if we're here for days? What if they don't find me? What if I came back next month? I don't know. Like, one person, I did see one person at some point try and leave their car, but I never saw them come back. So I don't know what happened to them. Um, they, it was, I saw them go into the ditch. I think they were going to use the bathroom, but then it was, it was snowing so hard I couldn't see the front row, okay? So every one now and then it'd go from about 70 mile an hour winds to like 30 mile an hour winds, and you'd be able to kind of see some stuff. And, and, and I saw someone like running into the ditch, but then I never saw them go back. So who knows? That may be a sad story. They may have found them later. Um, it, you couldn't go anywhere. People are honking. Some people got frozen into their cars. They're honking their horns. They're beating on the windows. And I'm looking at them like, hi, like, I don't, I'm not getting out. Okay. If you're going to die, maybe I'll risk it. But if you're just waving at me and you're just bored, like I'm not getting out this truck. One o'clock in the morning. Okay. I've been in the car for 12 hours. They come. And, and let me just also say this. Thank God I stopped where I stopped because I had service on my phone in the front of my truck. And if I did this, I didn't have service. So I'd have stopped 10 feet behind. I wouldn't have, I would have, I'd have had no service. I'd have just been stuck out there with nothing to do, okay? But play like those little ball bouncing games on your phone, which I won. I beat all of them. I'm, I'm like highest level you could ever be at. Uh, one o'clock in the morning, a guy knocks on my window and I roll it down. I'm like, hey, he's like, hey, you want to get out of here? I'm like, no, I figured I'd just hang out here for a little while longer. I don't know, like, you want to get in? Maybe we could share some of this uh, half-empty Coke that I've got here. It's not Coke anymore, but you can jump in and we can have a sip. Well, I don't know. Yes, I want to get out of here. So he's like, all right, you can bring one backpack. and come." Well, I'm traveling, so I have all my stuff with me. I'm like, I, I can only bring my backpack. You can bring your backpack. Okay, so I'm trying to shove whatever I need in my backpack. And he, they bring like this huge snow cat. He's like, you got to leave your car. I'm like, well, what's going to happen to it? It's a rental. He's like, you have to come back and get it later. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, this situation is horrible, okay? But it's about to go from bad to worse. Um, so they put me in this snow cat. They drive me like five miles away, which takes forever. I'm in the car. I'm in the snow cat. It seats four people. It's me, another lady, another lady, and a guy. And like you can't, you're just like knees up to your chest. There's not a lot of room in this thing. And the dynamics in this snow cat, if you've never been that close with people that you don't know, are incredibly awkward, okay? The lady across from me doesn't speak any English. She doesn't know what's going on. She's very unfamiliar with this whole situation that's happening. The girl next to me is... Um, she is, she is higher than Tommy Chong on a Learjet, okay, and continues to get high while she's sitting next to me. She's just like, has these drops. She's like, this is wild, right? She's snoring. Literally, I have a video of her snoring next to me. I'm like, we're only in there for like 20 minutes. Like, she's just, 
She was on a trip different than the trip I was on. The other guy over here, he had been waiting for this moment his whole life. He was like, wasn't this awesome? Wasn't it great? What, what did you do in your truck? I'm like, I just sat there. What did, you, what did you do in your truck? He's like, I just had a blast. Like, it was awesome. I mean, this was cool. I'm thinking about going back. I'm like, you were on drugs too. You both this side's on drugs. She doesn't know what's going on. I just want to get out of here. Like, I'm just. So they go, we're going to bring you to a shelter. Okay, now. If you've lived in the South and you went through Hurricane Katrina or Harvey, the image that comes to your mind, would you think shelter is not a good image? Okay, I just came from a very nice cabin up on this mountain, and they're about to take me to this shelter. And so we roll up into this shelter, and we're the last people they rescued. So I roll in there probably 2, 2 o'clock, 2.30 in the morning at this point. And I go in, and it is a community center that's half trampoline park, half astroturf field, and like a kid's play set. And so... They're like, you know, find a spot to sleep and you can get, get a bag of chips. And I'm like, okay. I, honestly, I felt really bad for refugees at that moment. Like, I was like, I have never felt bad for refugees until right now at this moment because I think I'm one of them. I think I'm a refugee right now. And so I, I get my little bag of chips and a bottle of water and I'm walking around trying to figure out where I'm going to live. The AstroTurf was a little too rough for me. And like, I'm like, this isn't, this isn't, this is rough. They had a dog, a huge dog, a massive dog. Anytime anyone did anything. It's a huge aluminum building. You hear everyone wake up. Okay, kids screaming, babies crying. Somebody beats the dog. The dog stops. Somebody beats the kid. The kid stops. Finally, everybody goes back to sleep. Every single time. This was all night long. I finally go over. I find the trampolines. I go to the trampolines. Well, of course, where are you going to sleep if you're the first person in the trampolines? So all the trampolines are taken. Okay, it's like rows of them. All the trampolines are taken. I'm like depressed. As Thank God I'd been in the military or else I don't know if I could have handled this. I'm just like, you know, I'm going to just... Just lay on the floor, I mean, I guess, and sleep here. And then you start realizing, what if people were like, I don't know any of these people. I got a lot of important stuff in my backpack. What if they just like rob me while I'm sleeping? Like, what if somebody takes my, my laptop or my, my stuff out of my bag? Or like, I don't, so I'm trying to hold my backpack and sleep on my backpack, you know, and you're trying to do all, anytime someone comes near, you're like grabbing your stuff. Hey, hey, what's up? You, okay, all right, good, you're good. Start to make friends just by nodding with people. You watch my stuff, sleep five minutes, five minutes, okay. It was crazy. The next morning I wake up, I didn't really sleep. You know, you wake up 7 o'clock in the morning, and I get on Instagram, and here's what I say. Okay, I'm a part of a large, large organization of church plants just like this, guys that have planted all over the country. And so I said, listen to me. If I find out that there's a church planter in this area that did not come and help me in the midst of this snowstorm, I will make it my personal goal in life to make your church plant fail. Okay, I just want you to know that. I will do whatever I got to do to make sure you do not succeed because this is miserable. All of a sudden, like 20 minutes later, a guy reaches out to me and goes, hey, I am planning a church this Sunday, 20 minutes from where you're at. I'm on the way. I got a team of guys with me. We're going to go dig your truck out of the snow. We'll take you. You can come shower at my house, get you something to eat. If you'll sit with me and talk church planning, just, just help me prepare for this launch on Sunday. I'm like, I will do anything you need me to do at this moment, okay? Nothing is off bounds. I will do anything if you will come rescue me from this refugee center and get me out of here. So he pulls up, picks me up, takes, we dig my truck out. We get, everyone else is still in the shelter. They're like, where are you going? I'm like, I don't know, to the bathroom, I guess. Y'all stay here, I'll be back. Okay, why are you bringing your stuff? Because y'all are thieves. <laughs> stay here. Come on. Nobody's riding with me. I'm getting out of here. So he takes me. We go get my truck out. We eat. We spend two hours together. I literally am going like, only God could arrange something like that. And it was in the midst of this situation that looked horrible that I just thought, if God had to get me stuck in a snowstorm to move this guy's supernatural situation, that he needed help before his launch, and I needed help where I was at, God is capable of doing anything in your life. 
What I thought was a horrible situation, God goes, you don't see. You see your current situation, but you don't realize I'm working things greater around you that I need you to do. And oftentimes what happens is we get in situations like this, and instead of going, God, is there something more that you're looking for me to do? We just go, God, why would you let this happen to me? When I flew back in, I have a lot of bad travel stories, by the way. When I flew back in from Birmingham this week, I get in my car, I throw my backpack in my car, I have a little fob for my car, so it opens if it's in the car. Apparently my battery is not good on it because I put my backpack in there, I went to the driver's door, opened it, it would not open. I went back to the trunk, it would not open either. I got locked out of my car in the IAH parking garage, okay? So me and Alex are standing there, she's like, what are we gonna do? I'm like, steal another car. She's like, really? I'm like, no, we're gonna call Papa Lock. Like, what is <laughs> She's like, I don't know. So, call Papa Lock, we wait. I'm so mad. The guy from Papa Lock shows up, and when I tell y'all it was one of the most God situations that I thought, God needed me to get my keys stuck in this car to have this conversation with this man. Whatever supernatural barrier, whatever natural barriers in your life, I encourage you, look at it from God's perspective, because God is always trying to do more in you and through you than you are capable of seeing. We look at our natural circumstances and get frustrated. God goes, let me work through those natural circumstances and you can create something supernatural in your life. God is always looking to move our natural circumstances. I want to give you quickly three ways to prepare for God to move your natural barriers supernaturally. Verse 5, verse 5 of this story. Joshua tells the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Remember when we talked about Rahab last week and I said God wasn't looking for someone who is qualified. He's looking for someone who's available. How many of you know this is the same principle? God is looking for people that will set themselves apart and go, God, if you can use me, use me. If you can use me, God, use me. And I think we oftentimes say we want to be used by God, but when it comes time to be used by God and God goes, okay, listen, I'm going to use you, but it requires you being stuck in a truck for 12 hours, we go, whew, God, I don't know if you can use me that much. Like, that's not my party, Okay. I'm going to use you, but you got to lock your keys in your car. Okay, God, well, like, I don't know if this, and maybe, maybe use somebody else on this one. God is looking for people to go, I'm available. Use me however you want. God wants to take us someplace that we've never gone to before. But to go where we have never gone to before, we have to consecrate areas of our life like we never have before. Oftentimes, God wants to take us to cross the river, but we have things that we don't want to let go of to cross the river. We have things in our hands that we don't want to let go of. We have things in our hearts that we don't want to set apart. We have relationships or family situations or issues that we, we don't want to set apart and give them to God. And God's going, until you consecrate yourself, I can't take you across the river. You have situations in your life that you're standing in front of going, God, will you move this thing for me? And God's going, if you will consecrate yourself, I will move anything in front of you. My, my desire is to do amazing things among you. But the amazing things only come after we set ourselves apart and go, God, we're all yours. We're entirely yours. We've got to consecrate ourselves. We've got to give ourselves entirely to Jesus. Number two, verse 13. I love this. And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. Oftentimes, this is what happens to us in life. We get to the foot of the river and we go, God, move this river, move this mountain, move this situation. And we stand there and wait for God to do what we believe God will do. But how many of you know there was only one Moses? Okay, only Moses. Mo Joshua had just seen Moses stand in front of the Red Sea and go, part, and the Red Sea parted. 
Isn't it funny that that's not what God called Joshua to do? He said, listen, this river, which is far smaller than the, De in the Red Sea, will not just part when you say part. You've got to step into the river. And when you step into the river, I'm going to part the waters. How many of you know oftentimes we have to take steps before God will move the things in our life? He is waiting for you to just take one step. God, I need you to do something in my life. Great, take one step. Take one step. God is a God of next steps. And when you step out in faith, God is always so faithful to move whatever it is in front of you. Sometimes we go, I want, I want a job. There's a job, but I don't know. Maybe if I do this, I'm not sure if I do. I just take a step. See if God's there. Just take a step and see if the river moves. Just take a step and see if the relationship is resolved. There's relationships in your life that maybe you're going, well, I'll just speak personally. There's a very close relationship, a person in my, my, in my immediate family that does not speak to me. Okay? And I love them very, very, very dearly with all of my heart. And there's often times where I'm tempted to go, you know, I mean, if they really wanted to talk to me, they're mad at me, I'm not mad at them. If they wanted to talk to me, they'd call me. You know, they'd text me. They know I'm here. And I was so challenged even writing this down of going, why don't I just step out? Why don't I just text them, hey, I love you, I miss you, I'm thinking about you. Because when I step out, I never know what God is doing on the other side of the river. I never know what God is doing in their heart. I never know what the situation looks like. And God is simply waiting for me to step out before he will move the waters. Not every situation in your life will move when you say move. Some of them you have to step into the river before God will move them. As they step into the river, it moves. What is, what is God trying to tell us? He is a God of next steps. We have the next steps dinner tonight, and there's some of you that have been going, I know God wants to do something in my life, but I don't know what. Hey, just get plugged in. Just go to a small group. Just jump on the dream team. Just, just do whatever it is that God wants to do the next thing. Just take one next step. This Friday, oh, I'm glad I said this. I almost forgot, Rebecca. Whew. Um, this Friday, how many like crawfish? How many like crawfish? Now, okay, yeah, now we're getting some excitement. I should have just preached on crawfish. Golly, they got six legs, somebody. Like, they, oh. um, the, <laughs> Cajuns on Good Friday boil crawfish. That's what we do, okay? I don't know if y'all don't know. I'm from Lafayette, Louisiana. I'm a Cajun. We boil crawfish. So I said, you know what? Why don't we do a crawfish bowl for the whole church and say, bring your friends and family and let's just do it all. So Good Friday, we're going to do a crawfish bowl for all of your friends, all of your family. You, you can bring, I'm a bowl a thousand pounds of crawfish, okay? So bring anyone you want to bring. If there's people that you've been going, man, I wish you could meet my pastor, but they won't come to church, bring them to a crawfish bowl. You'll trick them. They'll be like, we're going to a crawfish bowl. Okay, it is going to be amazing. I'm gonna be boiling some of them. And I'll tell you this, I bowl some good crawfish, okay? I'm not going to lie. It's pretty good. But you, you guys are going to want to be there. It's going to be awesome. It is a next step. What is it? It's a next step. Hey, invite somebody with you. Hey, just come say, hey, just come to a crawfish bowl with me. I want you to meet my friends. You don't even have to tell them I'm your pastor. Nobody believes me anyways, okay? People are like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a pastor. They're like, no, what do you really do? I'm like, no, I'm really a pastor. They're like, yeah, but like, for real. I'm like, I'm, why would you think I would joke about this? Of all the things I could joke about, why would I joke about this? Like, why not tell you I'm a magician? I don't know, like... Come, bring your friends and family. It's going to be awesome. Next steps, God is looking for us just to take a next step. And I can't tell you the fulfillment that people have when they go, man, I was so scared to jump into a small group, and then I did, and it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I was so scared to serve on the dream team, and I did. I started just showing up, and man, God did something inside of me. God is not looking for you to do the whole journey in a day. He's looking for you to just take one next step. Hey, what is your next step? What is your next step? Is it, is it consecrating yourself and going all in with Jesus? Is it maybe jumping on the dream team and serving? 
Is it going to the Next Steps dinner tonight? Come and hang out with me at Willie's. We go to Willie's. You can sit there and drink a beer with me, okay? I'm not even like, we're, it's, the, it's the most casual place we could possibly find to hang out with people. I'm like, let's just go someplace we could hang out with people. And I'll tell them about why we started this church. And what is the next step there? It's where I explain to you why we started the church and what it looks like to become a member and how you get on the dream team and how you serve and how you get in a small group and all of those things. God is looking for you to just take one next step and he will meet you. Some of us have been standing on the bank of a situation in our life while God is simply waiting for you to step into the bank. He is waiting for you to step off of the bank and into the water. And I was so reminded this visual standing, I've been to Israel twice and both times standing at the Jordan looking across and thinking, imagine what it took for them. It wasn't just, it wasn't a bunch of guys going, let's jump in, we're going to swim. It's a million people crossing a river that's from me to the back of y'all and at flood stage, which means it's the highest it could possibly be. What do you tell your kids when you get to the river and they go, daddy, what are we going to do? We're going to step in. Mama, what are we going to do? We're going to step in. We're going, to, we're going to follow them. We're going to follow where God takes us. We're going to follow the presence of God. We're going to, God's looking for you to take next steps. And when you do, listen to me, it never just affects you. It never just affects you. Number three, we have more to live for than us. Verse 17. The priests who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Manuel, you can come as I close. I love this. Because they were the first ones in the water. They were the ones that were carrying it. Okay, They, they were the ones that really had to take the leap of faith. Were these 12 people carrying the Ark of the Covenant. Imagine getting there and looking over going, I don't like the first two guys on the ship, those were the, those were the awesome guys, okay? Those were the ones that really had it because they're standing there holding this huge thing going like, there's water in front of us and I guess we're just supposed to walk in this thing. And as they took steps, the water began to dry up and stop. But you know what? They weren't doing it for just them. It was never about just them. It was always about those that were coming behind them. God loves to move supernatural barriers in our lives that always affect more than just us. Your situation you're walking through, your relationship you're struggling through, your health issue you're going through is never just about you. It's always for those who are watching and those who are coming behind you. This church we're building, this isn't about us. This is about those who will come after us. When I look at the children back there, when I walk back there and look at the children, it's one of the, my favorite things to do because I just go, they're going to get married in a real building one day that has Valley Rise Church on it. I'm going to be standing up there weeping like a baby because I'm going to remember when they were back there. And I'll remember the sacrifices that we made to build what God is building. Why do we build? It's not for us. It's for those who are yet to come. It's for those who are coming behind us. It's the families and the friends and those who will walk on the dry ground that you are building. The church I'm out of is, is the second largest church in America. There'll be 100,000 people there this morning. They'll be over that probably at Easter. And, and I, 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 it was, it's such, it was, I was there for three years on staff, and it's always amazing to me when new people would get hired. We had a very small staff, about 400 of us, which is small when you 400 to 100,000. It's pretty small. And it always amazed me because every time a new person would come on staff, they'd go up to the pastor, and they'd all say the same thing. Pastor Chris, I'm so glad I get to be here. This is just a dream. I can't believe it. This is awesome. And every time they would say it, he would go, oh, you know, thanks. Glad you're here. And I remember looking at him one time thinking like, 
man, it seems like he would be more grateful that they're here. It seems like he'd be like more excited that they're here. You know, like they're excited to work for him. You think he'd be excited to have them here. Like what? I don't understand. Until we started this church. And then I realized everybody wants to be there when you have 100,000 people. Everybody wants to be on the team when you're the second largest church in America. Everybody wants to be in, in, in the group when it's established. And I realized, I, I asked him this one day, and he looked at me and he said, Christian, I wish those people would have been there year one. Where were they year one? Where were they year two, Christian? Where were they year five? It's easy to want to be there when it's established and when the water's already dried up and the river's already parted and now you're just walking through. The last person that walked through the river had it really easy. The first people that walked through the river paid the price. And you are paying the price in situations in your life right now that others will walk through behind you. They will never know the sacrifice that you paid for it. They will never know the struggle of what it took to build a godly marriage. My children will never know what it takes to build a godly marriage. But how many of you know they will be very thankful for it when they grow old? They will never know the night you go to sleep arguing with your spouse, frustrated. How are we going to make this work? How are we going to? But they're going to be so grateful when they grow old. They will reap the benefits of something they never sacrificed for. And listen to me, when you cross those rivers in your life, you are not doing it just for you. You are doing it for every person that will come behind you and after you. And they will reap benefits that you paid the price for. But they never would have been able to cross if you didn't step foot in it first. God is looking for you to step foot in situations that will benefit not only you, but all those around you. He's looking for, I, I, I preached a conference in Tennessee a couple years ago, a big youth conference, 1,500 kids, and I'm preaching, and, and the guy told me to do something I really don't like doing. Y'all know, when we do an altar call, when we, we say, everybody close your eyes, they're between you and Jesus, okay, I don't need you to walk down here. You don't need, and he comes up to me, and goes, hey, after you do a salvation call, I want you to have the kids that raise their hands come to the front. And I'm like, can we please not do that? Like, is there, I hate that, that's so uncomfortable. Like, why? no, we really want to do it, you know, we're going to pray with them. And, okay, all right. So I give the salvation call and a lot of people raise their hands. And then I go, hey, look at me. And I look at them like, I hate that I have to ask you to do this. And I go, hey, if you raised your hand, would you just be bold enough to walk down here and pray with us? You know, we want you, if you raised your hand, come on down here. And nobody moves. And I'm standing up there in front of 1,500 people and the guy's standing there looking at me and I'm like, hey, well, <laughs> know a lot of you guys raised your hands. So uh, if that was you, why don't you just be bold and step on out here and come on down. I'll meet you right down here. And nobody moves. And I look over at the guy and he's like, I can't make him do this. I don't know hey, let's just try real hard. Have a lot of courage and just step on out there and come down here. I'll meet you down here. And out of the back, one little girl, about 10 years old, gets up and starts walking down the aisle. And as she walked down the aisle, tons of kids started coming behind her. And she's walking down there, and she's shaking. She's literally doing this. One step, one step, one step, shaking. And as she, what she doesn't see is all those people that are behind her. That because she stepped out, now everyone else is stepping out. 
And once they all got up there, I looked at everyone and I said, y'all need to clap for this little girl who stepped out when no one else would step out, who did what no one else would do. And because she made it easy, everyone else stepped out and did it. How many of you know God is waiting for you to step out in areas of your life, not only for you, but for those who will come behind you? You are never just stepping out for yourself. You're stepping out for future generations, future cities, future states, future churches, future. You are always stepping out for something more than you. And it doesn't matter if you do it like this, and if it takes you a while, and if you're scared to death, you do it for those who are going to come behind you. Yeah, that's a great place to clap. God is waiting for us to step out. And as we step out, he is so faithful to meet us. Hey, I want to tell you today, whatever natural circumstance that you're in, whatever it looks like, whatever the relationship is, whatever the health issue is, whatever the doctor's report is, whatever the financial circumstances is, whatever it is, God is waiting for you to step out and he is longing to move in your life. The enemy loves to lie to us and tell us that God doesn't care about those things when they happen to you. And I'm here to tell you that God cares about them more than you could ever imagine. God's desire is to meet those things in your life. God's joy is to meet those things in your life. Just like as a parent when Eli goes, Dad, could you help me with this? It is the joy of my life. Not only is it the joy of my life, but guess what? Before he was born, I was waiting to help him with things. I couldn't wait to get him in a hunting field and go, let me show you how to shoot. So now when he goes, Dad, can you cock my gun for me? There is nothing that brings me more joy than doing that because I've been dreaming about it since before he was born. When he gets up to bat and he goes, Dad, I know you're a superior athlete and you're just so amazing and, and I wish I could have those genetics like yours, but I got my mom's and I'm sorry, but Dad, show me how do I hit this baseball like you? It is the joy of my life to teach him those things. Because I've been dreaming about them since before he was born. You have a heavenly father who has been dreaming about stepping into your situation since before you were born. He's not scared of your situation. He's not bothered by your journey. He's not worried about how long you stand on the bank. He has been dreaming about catching you when you take that step. Yes. We need one of those things they put in stadiums where they just start the clap and everyone's like, yes. We need to pipe in some clapping noises. Would you bow your heads with me? God, we know. We know that you are waiting to step into our situation. God, forgive us for times we've doubted it. Forgive us for times we've doubted if you want to work in our lives. Forgive us for times we've doubted if you want to work in our situations. Forgive us for times that we've taken you, God, and shrunk you down to what makes sense in our mind. But God, you are so much bigger than we think. You are so much bigger than we fathom. You are so much bigger than we understand. And today, God, we say we will step out. We will make the decision. We will take that step. And we know that as we take that step, God, you are so faithful to meet us. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to pray for those of you that you say, Christian, there's a step in my life I know I need to take. There's a step that I, that I know, it's, it's, it's Christian. When you're talking about it, it's what came to my mind. It's a relationship or it's an, a health issue I need to trust God for, a financial thing I need to trust God for, a job situation I just need to step out on. There's an area of my life, Christian, that I need to take a step, and I'm scared. I don't even know, I don't even know how to do it. I'm that little girl, Christian. If that's you, I just want to pray for you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Would you just slip your hand up so I can just pray for you, pray strength over you. Amen, amen. You can put your hands down.
I just want you to receive this. God, you see each and every hand that was raised. God, you know each and every situation intricately. You know the details, you know the hows, you know the whys, you know how they got there. God, you know the river in front of them, and it's not something that scares you, God. You are so much bigger than whatever is in our situation. You are so much bigger than whatever is in front of us. You are so much bigger than whatever we're scared of. Today, God, I pray your peace that passes all understanding upon each and every person that raised their hand. I pray your strength and your courage, just like you told the children of Israel. Take courage. Take courage. Don't be faint of heart. Take courage. God, I pray courage upon them. I pray strength upon them. I pray might upon them. I pray that when they step in front of that situation, God, they don't see it. They see you. And God, I pray that as they take a step, that you do the supernatural in their lives. God, that you do the amazing. You didn't call Joshua to part the waters. You called him to take a step. God, I pray that as they take that step, you do what only you can do. Supernatural peace, supernatural strength, supernatural hope, supernatural joy. That as they wake up in the morning and they walk into those situations, that they feel a renewed strength in them to walk into whatever it is before them. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed, there's those of you here that maybe you're going, Christian, I've never even had a relationship with God like that. Maybe you've experienced church, or you've experienced religion, or you grew up in, in church, but you know, you've never had a personal relationship with Jesus. A God who is concerned about what you're walking through right now. A God who is connected to your emotions and your feelings and your heart and your life and your journey. A God that cares enough to part whatever situation is in front of you. If that's you and you just say, Christian, I've never known that Jesus, but I want to know that Jesus. Every head bowed and every eye closed. This is between you and Jesus. I just want to pray for you. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up for me so I can just pray with you? Amen. Amen. You can put your hands down. And listen, you can repeat after me. You can say it in your heart. You can say it in your mind. You can say it out loud. As long as you mean it is what matters. Dear Lord Jesus, today I come to you. I realize how badly I need you. I realize life is too big for me to do alone. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you came to earth to live a perfect life. Then you died a death to pay for my sin bill. The death I should have died. But you chose to pay the price for me. And then I believe that after three days you rose from the grave to give me new life and freedom. Today, Lord Jesus, I put my trust in you. I put my hope in you. I become a follower of Jesus. I choose to start the journey with you. Jesus, come into my situations. Come into my life. And let me follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Hey, would you give a hand to those that just made the greatest decision of their lives? Amen. Amen. Hey, I am so excited about next week. Listen, 
I promise, get people. You do what I can't do, and I'll do what you can't do. Okay? I can't know all your friends and family. I can't invite the people you work with. I can't, I can't do that. And maybe you go, Christian, I can't explain to them what a relationship with Jesus looks like like you. But if you will do what I can't do, I promise as your pastor, I will do what you can't do. And I will preach my six foot four Mexican butt off to get people into heaven next week, okay? And they will laugh and they will cry and they will experience Jesus in a way that maybe they never have. All you have to do is step out. Grab some invite cards on your way out, pass them out, litter them, whatever you gotta do, okay? Do what you gotta do and get your family and friends here for an amazing time. We're having an Easter egg hunt after for the kids. It's not really gonna be a hunt because we don't have a lot of things to hide them in. We just throw thousands of eggs out there and let kids have fun. So, but Josh will be in a bunny suit and you don't wanna miss that. Um, <laughs> he's, he, we didn't tell him this yet. He's looking at me from the back. Like, he hopes it's weather like this and not 90 degree weather. Hey, if you came prepared to worship with your giving today, we got three ways you can do that. You can um, put it in an offering envelope that was in your worship guide, stick it in the bucket when they pass that. Also, that's where you can put your connection cards. If you made a decision for Jesus, hey, I wanna give you some resources and some next steps to help you get more plugged in if you'd like. If you check that box there today, I committed my life to Christ, we can get you some of those. We'll send you a letter with how to do that. You can give online at valleyrisechurch.com, click the giving link, or you can text Valley Rise and the amount 77296. This doesn't happen without you guys. And every Sunday I say this, I say the same thing. We'll never ask you for anything. The Bible says every man should decide in his own heart what the Lord would have him give. So we unapologetically ask you to ask Jesus. And whatever Jesus says, that's what we want for all of us. We know that Jesus is going to take care of us. We ask that as we go into this next week, be praying for us. Be praying for what God's going to do at Valley Rise next week. Be praying for those who are going to walk in here for the first time. Those who've been hurt by church. Those who've never been to church. Those who think church is weird and are going to walk in here and go, this is not what I thought this was. God is bigger than I thought. Would you pray with us during this week and ask that God does something amazing here next week? Hey, love you guys. Listen. I know you're all trying to get out to see Tiger win the Masters. In Jesus' name, let's pray. God, thank you for this day. God, thank you so much for what you're doing in Valley Rise Church. Thank you for each and every gift and every giver. God, thank you that as they sow, we're never sowing just for us. We're sowing for generations and generations that will come behind us, God. We're building something bigger than ourselves. God, we're building your church with you. God, we get to simply just be a part of your plan, and we're so thankful. We're so thankful that you would choose to use us. God, I pray that you bless us, bless this time, bless this week. Let this be the greatest week ever. I pray for divine interventions and relationships, God. Divine appointments that they'll give those invites to. People you've been working on for years. Grandparents who've been praying for children for years and grandchildren for years. Spouses who've been praying for their spouse for years, God. That there would be divine appointments this week. That as those cards are handed, you draw them, God, to you. We pray that you would bless this. Return a hundredfold to each and every person, I pray. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram using at Valley Rise Church. We hope you enjoy today's message and we'll see you soon.